0: Today's gospel is from the book of Matthew, chapter 20, verses 1 through 16. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who sent out early in the day to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the day and sent them into his vineyard. About nine in the morning, he went out again and saw others standing in the marketplace, doing nothing. He told them, you also go and work in my vineyard and I will pay you whatever is right. So, About nine in the morning, so they went, so they went. He went out again about noon and about three in the afternoon and did the same thing. Then about five in the afternoon, he went out and found still others standing around. He asked them, Why have you been standing here all day, doing nothing? Because no one has hired us, they answered. He said to them, you also go and work in my vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired and going on to the first. The workers who were hired about five in the afternoon came and each received a denarius. So when those who came who were hired first, they expected to receive more, but each of them also received a denarius. When they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. These who were hired last worked only an hour, they said, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of work and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them, I am am not being unfair to you, friend. Did you agree for the denarius? Take your pay and go. I want to give the one who was hired the last, same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: A few years ago, it must have been seven or eight years ago, a friend in Julie's congregation loaned us their house for a week in Martha's Vineyard. It was delightful. We, as a family, got to spend time together. We had a place, a beautiful place to stay. And with that, in the garage, was a red Jeep that our friends also said, Take the jeep wherever you want well it was really fun i've never i've never driven a red jeep we were riding around the island just having a great time listening to james taylor probably a little too loud and uh, all of a sudden i see some red lights behind me (laughs) and it was a police officer pulling me over for doing 37 miles an hour in a 25 mile an hour zone. Now Matthew and Elizabeth, they must have been 10, 7, something like that, they were in the back seat and looking pretty scared. This is the first time they'd seen this happen and their dad was being pulled over by the police. The police officer came up to the window, license registration, I gave him all that, and he looked it over went to the car, did a background check, came back, handed me my paperwork, and he said, uh, I noticed that your kids in the back seat have their seat belts on. I said, yes they do. He said, we are about rewarding good behavior. So not only are we not going to give you a ticket, just a warning, we're going to give them some coupons for free ice cream down at the local ice cream place. (laughs) And all of a sudden, Matthew and Elizabeth's countenance changed. And uh, we drove down and got our free ice cream. Now, if I had gotten what I deserved, I would have received a ticket and a fine, and the kids would not have received ice cream but we all got something we did not deserve. We got a gift that this police officer gave freely, without cause. That is a glimpse of what grace looks like. Grace is that term that we use in church For God's love given to us freely, without reason, without cause, just almost recklessly generous. Now we as United Methodists look to John Wesley who was very articulate about grace, the grace of God, and he started by saying there's there's three types of grace that we experience Prevenient grace is the grace that goes before us. Before we even know about God, before we even know about Jesus, God loves us. That's a good place to start. It's starting with original blessing as opposed to original sin. Do you see the significance of that? We start with original blessing and not original sin. God loves us. Full stop. That's a good place for our denomination to remember and to claim and to live into God loves all people. There are some Christians who say, no, God only loves some people. We Methodists say God loves all people. The second experience of God's grace is justifying grace where the spirit of God opens us up to Jesus, opens our eyes to see Jesus and to see his teaching and his wisdom, his life, his death and resurrection, and we claim that for ourselves. And then the third grace is sanctifying grace, which is the way the Holy Spirit moves us to become ever more Christ-like. That's the goal. Did you know that's the goal of coming to church every Sunday? That's the goal of every service project we do. That's the goal of all of our Christian education, is so that one day, or even moments of the day, we become like Christ. And we are usually the last ones to see it, but others see it in us. The hope is to become like Christ. And when we become like Christ, or when we experience any of these graces, prevenient grace, justifying grace, sanctifying grace, it's by God's doing, not necessarily by our doing. One of the things we do as followers of Jesus, and a grace that we experience is a community of faith with whom we can grow, with whom we can learn, with whom we can become uh, more committed disciples of Jesus. We look to Jesus, we listen to Jesus' stories with the hope that not only is Jesus the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, but through Jesus we might catch a glimpse of who God really is. In the passage that Owen read to us today, Jesus tells a story and says, the kingdom of heaven is like, notice that Jesus is always He's not saying the kingdom of heaven is. He says the kingdom of heaven is like, which gives us space to interpret, space and breadth to understand various metaphors. The kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who told his manager to hire people to work the vineyard. So the manager goes out at nine in the morning, Hires some people. Says, "I'll give you a day's wage." Actually, starts before nine in the morning. Starts probably at sunup. Then, at nine, goes out again, and sees more workers. Says, "Come work the vineyard." Twelve o'clock, three o'clock, five o'clock. Same story. Although, if you read closely, at the end, the manager doesn't promise any wage. Goes out and says, "What are you doing here?" and they say, we're still waiting for someone to hire us. He said, come work the vineyard. He doesn't say anything about a paycheck. He just says, come work the vineyard. The workday ends and he starts with those who he hired at five o'clock and he pays them a full day's wage. Three o'clock gives them a full day's wage, 12 o'clock. Now rumor starts trickling down to those who were hired early in the morning and they're not liking the way this is going. They're not feeling too good about this, this bargain, this new economy. And so they say to the manager, hey, why are you paying them a full day's wage when we've been working a full day, they've only been working for one hour. That's not fair. And the landowner says, look, I." said I'd pay you a fair day's wage when we started didn't I what's it to you if i want to be generous to them are you are you angry because i'm generous friends grace is unfair the foundation on which we stand as christians is unfair if we are looking at this through the lenses of meritocracy, quid pro quo, I do something, I get something, that kind of economy doesn't compute with the God that we come to worship. The God we worship, the Jesus we follow, is someone who is so abundantly generous that it doesn't make sense unless we are the people Who are hired at five o'clock. Who are they? Who are we? People who have made a mess of our lives and we realize God loves us anyway. If we've done everything right, this is really tough for good church-going folks, this parable. If we've done everything right, We probably won't appreciate this generosity of God because part of us wants to say, well, we've done everything right so God can reward us. And Jesus is telling a story today that says, God loves you. (laughs) No more or no less because of what you've said or done. God loves you, full stop. And those who have made a mess of their lives and who have come to the vineyard, they know better than those good church-going folks how magnanimous God's love is. Perhaps we who bottom out because of broken relationships or addictions or things we've said and done in our lives that we're not proud of, maybe we who are dealing with that landscape, know what it's like to be hired at 5 o'clock and given a full day's wage of generosity at 6. So the implications for us followers of Jesus are this. If we worship a God who is incredibly generous, we are called to be just as generous. If we worship a God who loves all people, full stop, then we Christians have a better chance of loving all people, full stop. God doesn't seem to care about criteria when it comes to loving people. So Christians, whatever criteria we have, and we have it, maybe we need to let go of that criteria and say, because God loves all people, we followers of Jesus are called to love all people. And you don't need to see much of the news these days to know that the world is longing for such Christians who throw out the criteria of worthiness and just love people. So maybe the question for us is, or the prayer for us, is God... Thank you for loving us in all of our mess. Thank you for loving everybody. God, help me to love everybody. and Help me to let go of my criteria checklist of who's worthy and who's not worthy. That's a game that Jesus didn't play, and we don't have to play either. So who's calling, who's God calling you to love? today? Who is calling who who is God calling you to accept today? Perhaps someone you've had a hard time accepting. Who is God calling you to love even though you may not like them? By the way Christians, it's okay to admit there's people we don't like. Jesus never called us to like everyone. He did call us to love everyone. So how can we take those people in our minds who we don't like and say, God, I need your help because I need to love them. (laughs) May God bless us in such a way that we might receive the abundant generosity of God and share generosity and love with abundance with everyone else. Amen.